Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today's topic is how to handle life after divorce. I'm joined by Michelle Dempsey-Multak. She is a certified divorce and co-parenting specialist, host of the podcast, Moms Moving On, and best-selling author of the book, Moms Moving On, real-life advice on conquering divorce, co-parenting through conflict, and becoming your best self. She is an absolute powerhouse and a close personal friend. Michelle, welcome to the show. Love that intro. Thank you, Tara. Honored to (laughs) be here. Love that you have a podcast. Love that you are the voice for moms everywhere about all of our modern mom problems. Oh, Michelle, I love you. Thank you for coming on today. And thank you for being the voice for all moms moving on. Yeah. You know, that wasn't really the intention, but I'm happy to be that voice. Very happy. Well, I'm glad that you're representing moms everywhere for that. So as I mentioned, you are a divorce coach, podcast host, best-selling author. You wear a lot of hats. Tell us how you got to where you are today. You know, I had to sleep my way to the top. No, I'm just kidding. I- <laughs> That's a story I want to hear too. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish there was some truth to that. Sounds a lot of fun. No, I think it really just happened so organically, Tara. Like I... I was writing, I was mommy blogging when I was married to my first husband and I was writing for Scary Mommy and a couple of other outlets. And then I got divorced and here I was 33 years old with a two-year-old completely in over my head, even though I told myself like I was built for this. I've been through worse. I got it. There were so many things about it that I did not think through as I was planning to leave my marriage. And I started posting about them and being really open about them and writing about them for, you know, some of the outlets I was writing for. And I guess there wasn't much of that happening in the social stratospheres yet because people just started flocking. And then with that came lots of questions that I didn't know how to answer. So that's where the podcast started so that I could bring on the experts to speak to those questions. And then came, hey, can I hire you? I just need to pick your brain before my mediation, or I don't know what this means in my parenting plan. And before I took anybody's good, hard-earned money, I decided to get certified and educated as a certified divorce specialist, co-parenting specialist, and coach. And it kind of like lends itself to my background in education, because really what I'm doing is teaching. And then people were like, hey, where can I buy your book? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't have one of those yet. And so the book <laughs> happens. But you, you know, without you, I don't know that it would have happened, actually. Oh, my Shout gosh. Out what, to do Joelle. you want to tell that story? I was going to say, do you want to share that story? Yeah. Well, you and I talked about this and you recommended mm-hmm. your literary agent to me. Yep. And yep. I mentioned your literary agent to my best friend, who was like a big publishing hotshot for a long time in New York City. And she said, oh, Joelle, she's like the JLo of literary agents. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) So I reached out to her. She turned me down. And then I said, "Uh uh-uh, you tell me what I need to do because I want you to represent me. And then it all happened from there. Yeah. And then you also worked with a writing coach as well too, right? I worked with a writing coach to help refine my ideas because I am a great writer, but not a great 
strategist in terms of my ideas because I didn't know, I didn't know what a nonfiction self-help book really needed in order to be worthwhile or worthy in the eyes of a publisher. So that helped me a lot just to put together my proposal. And I loved working with her so much that once I was ready to deliver my manuscript, I hired her to edit it. So it definitely like took a village, but like a labor of absolute love, as you know, and it's out there in the world doing its thing. And I just, I'm so happy. Thank you. I'm so happy. I'm holding it here. (laughs) Thank you for holding it. I'm just happy with the feedback that I've gotten. Like the feedback I've gotten is exactly comes from like the exact intentions I put into it. So that's very nice. It's beautifully written. It's beautifully organized. And, and really, I mean, I'm plugging this book so early on in this podcast, but like seriously, if you are considering a divorce, if you're going through a divorce, or if you are post-divorce, you really need to, to read this book. So as I mentioned, the title is called Moms Moving On. So you literally help moms move on from past relationships. So like, what does that actually mean? What does that really look like? So what it really looks like is it's a couple of things. You know, people think it's just getting over the relationship that you're leaving, the man, the woman, whoever your spouse was, however they identified. But it's not so much about that. It's so much more about this internal thing. It's the stories we tell ourselves. It's the guilt we force ourselves to carry. And it's all rooted in something else usually in either our upbringing or trauma bonds or some unhealthy thing that happened to us at some point. So moving on begins with uncovering what that thing is. Why did I feel tied to this relationship? Why did I stay so long, even if it was bad? Why am I this way in communicating with my ex? Why can't I let go of this marital cycle of communication? It all starts with understanding that. And then once a while, it's like this amazing thing happens with every client across the globe that I've ever worked with. Once we're able to connect those dots, it's like, oh, okay. So I had my client just before I jumped on here with you, we're in our third session today. And her husband cheated on her with a coworker, very typical story. And she was so angry the first session and the second session, we, you know, we really focused on her children. And today she was like, you know, I keep thinking about it. And I think I have to be really honest with myself. You're forcing me to get really honest with myself. And I said, how so? And she said, because I've been lying to myself and to everybody else. I know why he cheated on me. I wanted nothing to do with him for the last 10 years. Those kids were born and I couldn't stand him anymore. And I shut him out. And I'm like, you see, this is the power of doing the work because it doesn't make what he did okay, but you're able to see it in a different context so that you can process it, grieve it and move the hell on. And so that's what I think moving on looks like. And then of course, there's all the intricacies of the legal process that people need a lot of help with understanding what these terms mean, what does a good parenting plan look like? My passion really lies in helping a mom help her children through the divorce process. So making the best decisions, child-focused decisions, helping a mom put aside her anger for the ex-spouse so that she can make the best decisions for her child. I think that's the most rewarding part of what I do. Yeah. What does a good parenting strategy look like? It's very different to every family, but here's what it doesn't look like. Okay. It doesn't look like I want this schedule because it's best for me as the mom or the dad. It's we need to create a schedule that makes sense for our children's lives based on their age, based on their level of comfort, based on who, which parent lives closer to school, based on who can realistically pick them up and take them to after school activities. You get sort of 
lumped into this legal thing where it's like, okay, pick a percentage, 50, 50, 80, 20. And we start treating our children like a percentage or a property or a timeshare in Sarasota Mm. when (laughs) this is a human being who has complex needs. Your child may have emotional issues. Your may child have, you know, a disability or special needs and all of them, you know, I always say when your child does have a disability or special needs, I used to be a special ed teacher, you create an IEP. And so what the parent and individualized education plan. And so what every child needs in the co-parenting process and the parenting plan is an individualized parenting strategy that's going to work best for them. But a lot of times parents are really looking at it through the lens of what's fair for me or what's best for me, or I don't want to go so long without seeing my child. So I'm going to fight that. And that's what we try and sift through. Yeah, that makes sense. Like a lot of times I feel like the parents are trying to get like a win. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like I'm winning if I get my child more days. It's so horrible because, and this was, I actually also talked to this client just now about this. Her daughter doesn't want to go see dad because she's mad at dad about the affair. And I said, okay. And and on one hand, we want to make her feel like she has a choice, right? Like when I was 12 years old, I was given a choice. You want to see daddy anymore? No. Okay. You don't have to see him anymore. But I explained to her that while that may help her daughter's emotional health in the short term, long term, it's awful because then how does she learn to trust a man? How does she repair that relationship? How does she, you know, so her mom was very much of the mindset of screw him. He doesn't deserve a relationship with my daughter. Well, yeah, every child deserves a relationship with their parent until they're old enough to see what's what and who's who. So there is no winning in co-parenting and there's definitely no principle. My husband always says that there is no principle in co-parenting. You say, oh, but it's the principle. He owes me. It doesn't work like that. It's about Mm. the kids. How do people like get through that angry period? It's so hard, Tara. Like you're asking somebody, you know, in my case, a a woman, a mom who is biologically wired to these children to give them up a certain percentage of the time to somebody they no longer trust or love. It is the hardest thing you'll ever have to do in your life. But I think if you... if you stop coming at it from a place of lack, like what I don't have, and reframe it to see the opportunity of divorce for what it is, like a brand new slate, a time to start fresh, time to look into who you really are and what really makes you whole, I think that helps a lot. I think it really is all about a perspective shift for sure. This episode of Modern Mom Probs is sponsored by Sambacol. Fall is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooler weather, layers, and of course, the kids are heading back to school. Did you check off all the items on that never-ending back-to-school list? New clothes, notebooks, pencils, brand new backpack, the kids want it all. But have you thought about how to help keep them healthy when they're heading back to school? That's where Sambacol comes in. My son and I recently started taking Sambacol every day to help support our immune systems so we could keep doing what we need to do. Sambacol is made from premium European black elderberries, which are natural sources of powerful antioxidants and key vitamins like A, C, and E. They help support a healthy immune system and help you power through your day. What's so great about Sambacol is they have tons of different ways to help your daily helping of black elderberry, like syrups, gummies, chewable tablets, drink powders, capsules, and more. They even have products made just for kids. 
My husband, my son, and I all take Sambacol. We love the gummies. We eat them right after dinner, but before we start the nighttime routine, it's sort of just like a nice little treat and a nice way to end the day. So make a healthy immune system part of your back-to-school strategy this year with Sambacol. My listeners get 15% off their next order of $9.99 or more at SambacolUSA.com by using my promo code MOMPROBS15 at checkout. That's 15% off your order of $9.99 or more at SambacallUSA.com. Use code MOMPROBS15 at checkout. Okay, here's a pro tip. Save this promo code and website address in your notes app. I know you're busy. Too busy to remember a promo code or to sort through episodes to find it again. Save it and use it when you have a few minutes to shop. The code again is MOMPROBS15 and the website is SambacallUSA.com. Yeah, gosh, that that makes so much sense. My parents were divorced when I was two, and I know you have a similar story. And so I always grew up as the child of divorced parents. I mean, I was only two, right? So I never actually even knew my parents together. But I was with my dad on the weekends, and I was with my mom during the week. And, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, she worked in the restaurant business, and so that's when she was working. So I was never really sure if it was, like, I just had to go by my dad's house because like he was babysitting me (laughs) while she worked during the weekends or if it was really more of that, you know, 70-30 kind of split. But um, when I guess I was probably maybe like 10 or 11, I stopped going to my dad's house. And it was sort of a similar thing where your mom said like, are you going to continue? Do you want to continue going? And it was like, no. I mean, I had some other things going on too. It was like this evil stepmother situation, that kind of thing too at the time. But that's a whole other story. I know, that's a a whole other podcast. podcast Yeah. Actually, if you do want to listen to that story, listen to my episode on Michelle's podcast from uh, gosh, that's right. It must have been months right. ago. We did we this. Talked, yeah, we talked about it on your podcast. Yep. So head over to Moms Moving On after this. But yes, we did talk about this on Moms Moving On. So anyway, so I, I won't rehash that story. But I want to talk a little bit about like your background too as yeah. growing up as a divorced child. You sure? Yeah, I have time. Well, I wouldn't wish my childhood and what I experienced on anybody. And I think that's where my passion for doing what I do comes from. Because if I can just shield one child from having to experience dealing with their parents' emotions about the divorce or becoming parentified or becoming pitted against another parent, then I'll have, you know, I'll have done something right. But my parents were married for 10 years. For eight of those years, he was living a double life with another woman and then also had lots of ladies all over the tri-state area in New York that he liked to go see. My mom, sweet as she is, was naive as could be. She was an immigrant to this country. She came to the States for college, met my dad, didn't know any better. He was making a ton of money and she thought, my God, life is good. He's a hard worker. And he was out with all these women, Tara. Uh Anyway. His secretary one day called my mom and my mom was already starting to get like a little suspicious because somebody kept calling the house and hanging up and his secretary called and said, I'm quitting. Here's what you need to know. He's been doing X, Y, and Z with one, two, and three. And I came home from school. It was June. I'll never forget because I remember it was warm out in New York and I walked up my driveway 
fourth grade or third grade. And I, they sat me down on the patio, my, my mom and my grandparents, everybody's crying. They said, mommy and daddy's getting a divorce. Daddy has a new girlfriend. That was it. I was like, oh, okay. A couple hours later, he was in the driveway with his new girlfriend to take me for the weekends. And like, no, nobody at any time was like, are you okay? How, how does that feel for you? Do you want to talk through your feelings? I remember automatically just becoming a different person. I was very worried about my mom's feelings and I spent my time with my dad and his new girlfriend enjoying myself, but feeling really guilty. So right away, the anxiety set in. I had stomach aches every day at school. I was sick every Monday morning. I didn't want to go. Then I started, I was eight years old at the time. By the time I was 10, I started realizing who my dad was and what he was doing. And because it wasn't just the girlfriend that he left my mom for, I, I was being introduced to all these women. And so I started speaking up. He didn't like that very much. So he started treating me very differently than he treated my little brother. And I didn't feel safe going to him anymore. And so around the same age as you, between 11 and 12, I had a, I'll never forget a, a lady come to my house. I don't know if she was a an officer of the court or a guardian ad litem. I don't know what she was. Today we'd call them a guardian. But she sat me down. She said, why don't you want to see your dad? And I said it and that went to court and I never had to see him again. And I was completely, you know, emancipated from the parenting plan. And then he fought for custody of my brother because he was so <gasps> pissed. He did? Because he was a lawyer and like hand in hand with everybody in New York, he won. And so me and my brother grew up in different houses, living two totally different lives. And I'll tell you that that wasn't an issue for me until the last five or so years. Now that we're like adults and he got married and I had to see my dad at his wedding, like there was so much of that for me. But I then grew up with a father who hated me and I couldn't understand why. And my mom, as much as I love her, I was her best friend, you know? So like I was definitely parentified and I, I ask her all the time, like why she never put me in therapy. And she's like, Oh, you seemed fine. I'm like, I was fucking dying, mom. Like, <laughs> I seemed fine. Okay. Well, I'm not. Newsflash. <laughs> Newsflash. Oh, yeah. So it was almost like, I had to get divorced because I had not dealt with any of this Tara. I never went to therapy and sat down and said, I don't trust men. I married my poor ex-husband and made his life hell because I didn't trust men. And our relationship became like a toxic cycle of, I don't know what. And then I really had to like face my demons as we separated and do the work and realize that like my future does not have to be my past. I didn't have to replicate that, that I was worthy of love. Even if my father didn't love me, that you know, even if he called me mean names, didn't mean they were true. I had so much to learn and I learned it. And now that's why I'm so passionate about passing that on to other people. God, I want you to just stand and preach about all of this stuff. Cause I think it's so important. Like we have so many similarities in our story. And like you said, like if you could just help one family so that they can help their children get through that process and that situation, then you know that you've done such good work. Yeah. A hundred percent. Thank you for sharing your story because I, I really appreciate that. Can you explain parentified? You've used yes. that term a couple times. So can you dive into that? Basically, it's when a child feels responsible for their parents' emotions. And usually when you are dealing with a high conflict co-parenting situation where one parent is 
constantly upset at the other parent, the child will take on those feelings and almost feel responsible for that parent. So an example of that would be, you know, daddy feels sad all the time because mommy, you left him. So, you know, I don't want to say anything to hurt daddy's feelings, or I just have to be on my best behavior to make daddy happy. And what it does is it robs the child of being a child. You know, like I was worried about my mom's emotions all the time. My dad hurt her. I didn't want to hurt her. I didn't want anybody else to hurt her. And then, you know, it just, it puts this pressure on a child that a child should not feel. And it forces that child to align with one parent or the other in an unhealthy way. And it's just such a hot mess. And it takes so many years to undo that. And codependency comes from this and people pleasing and the inability to advocate for yourself. And it just sucks all around. Check, 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 check. Right. Same. I know. (laughs) It all makes so much sense now, doesn't it? It all comes together. And I'm sure that that's the case for the folks listening right now as well. So Michelle, what are some ways that moms can start fresh without having their past hold them back? Well, I think they have to, the only way is to make peace with your past, right? Like if you pretend it's not there like I did, it's going to come back and bite you. And I think the best thing any woman could do is work with a therapist or a trauma-informed coach like myself who can understand, you know, I can I can sit with a woman in a consult and know within five minutes what she's been through in her childhood and in her life. And I'll say it and they're always like, how'd you know? I'm like, because I know, because we are all creatures of habit and patterns. We are our patterns, right? Like we form these patterns because of things we've been through. And so I think the first thing a woman can do is make peace with that past and own it instead of letting it hold her back or saying, I have too much baggage. I hate when I hear that. I have baggage. I, you know. Yeah. We, we need to come up with like a better term than that. It's a it's experience. Term. It's experience. not baggage. It's experience. Yes. And you have to, again, it's a reframe. Yeah. I've been through a lot of shit in my life, Tara, but you know what? It's made me strong. It's made me wise. And it's made me intentional about how I live my life now. And I wouldn't change that for the world. Yeah, absolutely. So beautifully said. I want to like jump through my computer and give you a hug on that one because because oh. you articulate things in such a way that like they're my thoughts in the back of my head, but you say them so beautifully. So it's it's true. It's like that life experience that you know we lived through as you know children, adolescents, whatever, really informs how we are now. And like you said, like we're much more intentional in our behaviors, in our actions, in our parenting even. You know, I am married. I'm happily married. I've been married to my husband for mm, 16 years now. And we've been together for 25 years. So we, we're, we're pretty good. It's like amazing. <laughs> we've been together a long time and he's my absolute best friend. But again, like, you know, you have to be very intentional in your actions, in your relationship. And like I said, in the parenting space as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to go back to your book. So like, what's your favorite part? It's gorgeous and you look stunning in it right now. People can't see because it's uh, audio only, but this book is incredible. It's, you know, 250 pages of such good content. What's your favorite part? I think my favorite parts are... There's two. When I talk about the transition to co-parenting, because like I felt that shit in my soul when I was writing it and every single person who reaches out is like, oh my God, this is exactly how I feel. You know, because a lot of women get divorced and a lot they're all for different reasons. I chose divorce. It was not forced on me. So 
I can't say that everybody reading it, you know, may feel the same way I did about feeling free out of my marriage, but they will all feel the same way about the co-parenting because no matter where you come from in this world, how much money you have or don't have, your background, where you live, it all hits us the same way. And so that part is definitely my favorite. And also the part, there's like almost 30 chapters. It's very much like a how-to guide, what to expect when you're expecting divorce. I think the other part is when I talk about finally reconnecting with myself and giving myself the love that like I never knew I always needed and that it had to come from me first. I think a lot of women in a situation at a young age of that, you know, divorce probably comes from a similar background as mine or has experienced some level of trauma or abandonment in their past. And so now they're finally realizing their worth. And so that's probably the most beautiful part of moving on. That's absolutely the most beautiful part of moving on. So I'm going to move on right now and we're going to do a game. We're going to play a game. We're going to do a rapid fire. We're going to do a rapid fire round of questions. Are you ready for this? Give it to me. Yes. All right. So you got to like, give me like the first thought, like right off the top of your head. Okay. 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 Favorite 90s movie? Curly Sue. Oh, I love that. That's that's the first time that someone's given that answer. And it's such a good one. I remember seeing that in the movie theater back then. I mean, if you look at a picture of Bella and then a picture of Curly Sue, it's the same. And so Bella and I have been watching it. And I love that movie so much. They don't make them like they used to. (laughs) No, they don't. And you're right. Bella does look like Curly Sue. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So cute. What's your favorite self-grooming thing? Massages. Oh, I thought you were going to say blowouts. So you surprised me on that one. Yeah, I, I mean, blowouts are not even my favorite. They're my necessary. They're survival. But massages are like my favorite, like self-care indulgence for sure. Good one. Good one. What's your favorite cartoon character? Tweety Bird. Oh, I had a friend in high school. She had a Tweety Bird tattoo. She may have had a lot of people Bird. did. That's so weird. <laughs> Why? Why was that? I didn't I love it know. that much. No, it was a very 90s thing. <laughs> yeah, but I had like I had a parakeet in middle school, junior high that we named Tweety. She froze to death. Rest in peace, Tweety. Yeah, it's oh, fine. God, what happened fine. to her? The window was freeze? left open oh. on like a cold day and she was like, you know, Tweety, done. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. That's really sad. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm moving on from that one. That's what's okay, your favorite? You okay. What's your favorite comfort food? Nachos. Chips mm. and salsa. Just straight Give up. Give me chips the Mexican. And salsa. Yeah. What, pour some you want cheese like chicken on it. on it or beef on it or just I, fully loaded nachos, I'm not gonna lie, with no tomatoes. But I could just sit and eat chips and salsa all day, every day. It's like my cheat food, my comfort food. I love it. What about guac? Are you extra I like went guac? So, I am extra like guac, but I went so heavy on avocado for so long that I, I'm like, I could do without it now. Yeah, you're good. You're tapped out on avocado for now. Yeah. Okay, last question. What is your favorite song lyric and why? You can travel the world, but you can't run away from the person you are in your heart. Ooh. It's an old house song back from my Jersey Shore days. Yes, get it, girl. It's called Just Be by a DJ called Tiesto, but it was always such a profound lyric to me. And I did exactly that. I ran away. I left New York after another bad breakup, moved to Miami and continued my shit storm thinking I was this changed woman because I moved. And it was true. You can travel the world, but you can't run away from the person you are in your heart. Yeah. 
That sums it up so beautifully. So Michelle, what's your last key takeaway for my listeners? If you are listening to this and you are considering divorce or getting divorced, I want you to know that you're going to be as okay as you tell yourself you're going to be. It is certainly not the death that people make it out to be. It is a an uncomfortable reality, but it is a bump in the road like anything else. And if you tell yourself you're going to get through it and you're going to become a creator of your future instead of a victim of your past, then you're going to be just fine. Such wise words from a very wise woman. Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, tell everyone where we can find you. I am on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey. Come and say hello. I'm constantly putting out divorce content, co-parenting content. My podcast is Moms Moving On. My book is Moms Moving On. And you can find all of that and how to work with me on my website, momsmovingon.com. Awesome. I love a good branding and that is good branding. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Michelle, you are so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.